Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. It's Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I think we're on episode 92. God, man, only eight episodes away from episode 100. And I know that I was planning on doing this 100-episode celebration here at the Hobo Fish Camp. Might want to hold off on that just a little bit. Might not happen right after or right at the 100th podcast. But I plan on doing something special to celebrate getting to 100 episodes. I didn't even think I would make it this far. I thought eventually I would lose interest in it. But I got to tell you, doing this podcast has absolutely made me fall back in love with radio. I don't know what it is, but it's gotten me back to my roots of hosting, co-hosting, producing, doing show prep editing and doing production, it's brought me back to the same shit that I liked when I first started in the radio business. I know that end goal, when you start a new place or profession that you're liking, that end goal is where you're trying to get to. But that journey, when you first start and you're learning everything and you're hungry, that's what happens to people in professions. They lose that hunger. There's so much going on in this world now, so many different things you can make a living out of. But that journey when you first start into a uh, profession, that's the fun part. I don't know what it is. I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. And while you're at it, make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's very easy to find, at Tuttle. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E. And that's one of the best ways you're going to be able to get a hold of me because I'm constantly on Twitter. And if and that's the best social media platform, if you want to keep up with me, is Twitter. I don't know what my affection is for Twitter. It used to be because it was the wild, wild west and you could get away with anything on Twitter. But now... With the environment that we're living in, oh boy, man, everybody is becoming way too sensitive. I don't want you to think by that statement that I don't think things should change. Things definitely need to change. They do. It's just plain and simple. And I know a lot of white people, Caucasians, don't want to admit that. But definitely, things do have to be changed. A lot of people think, oh, well, hey, you know, slavery, that happened in the 1800s. But do you realize that we were still treating the African-Americans in the United States like shit almost until the mid-70s? And a lot of people, I don't know what it is. They thought racism went away, but it really didn't. I don't know if it was because Caucasians and the whites were denying it, but it still happens a lot. Especially if you live in the South, you hear all types of shit all the time. So, yes, stuff needs to be changed, but are we going a little too overboard with everything right now? There's a happy medium where we need to be at, just like with the coronavirus. There was a lot of people that were taking that over the line, taking it way too serious. And then there were some people that weren't taking it serious enough. And those were the ones that were spreading the pandemic around and getting the older people that couldn't afford to get sick sick. So there's a happy medium. I I do agree. Like I said, I'm not denying that changes don't need to be made, but do we need to get to the point where we're getting rid of movies back in the day? Like Gone with the Wind. There was a lot of things going on in that movie that maybe might have not have been correct completely. 
but they're trying to keep it in that time. You guys got to realize when that movie was made back in the day, race relations weren't that great. The civil rights movement, I don't even know if it even began yet. So are you going, are you guys willing to get rid of a piece of classic cinema just to appease people? That stuff's already done. Yeah, That's like closing the barn door after the horse is already out. I mean, you just can't pit that horse. Well, I guess you can, or you can shoot him and put him down or whatever you want to do with your goddamn horse. Such a bad analogy anyways. It's one of those old ones they just need to get rid of. And the only reason I use this because my dad uses it all the fucking time. But what I'm trying to say is all the stuff in the past that's art, freedom of speech, pitting out their artistic vision. Do you really think we need to go back and erase all that? I don't think we do because I think that's a reminder of how we used to be. Does it make it right? No. How we used to be is completely wrong. I'm just saying that is like a reminder of how America used to think, but we don't anymore. And I don't think that that deserves to be wiped away out of history. I heard somewhere and I read and I looked and they haven't done it yet, but they're talking about removing all of Quentin Tarantino's movies off of streaming platforms. And I'm trying to figure out why they would do that. Now, I know why they're doing it, but I don't agree with it. A lot of people have called Quentin Tarantino a racist in the past for his overuse of the N-word. And yes, you know what? I got to give Tarantino some goddamn credit. I don't think Tarantino is racist at all. I mean, even Sam Jackson came out and defended him. Because if you look at it, Sam Jackson has been in every single Quentin Tarantino movie. And guess what? It's not like he's getting shitty roles that make him look bad. Two of Sam Jackson's greatest roles he's ever had in his career was Jules from Pulp Fiction. And what was the other one? Oh, he was the fucking hero in The Hateful Eight. He was the bounty hunter. I know that they said the N-word a lot, but at least Quentin's keeping it real on how white people act and what they think of African-Americans sometimes. Quentin could have easily whitewashed every movie scene he ever had and not included the N-word in those, but he wouldn't have been staying true to the game because there are white people out there that are just fucking racist. I can't play the audio. Now, if it would have been a couple of months ago, hell yeah, I would have played you audio from Quentin Tarantino's movies just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, just in case you haven't heard them. I mean, you got True Romance, that scene between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken. And if you haven't seen I can't even get into it and describe it because I'm afraid that I'm going to get labeled a racist. And I don't want you guys to think I'm against this change. It does need to be made. Change has to happen because it's fucked up of what's going on right now. But are we going a little too far on everything? And I'm just asking a question. I I want to get your opinion. Like I said, I love for my mind to be changed. It's my favorite thing on a daily basis when somebody gives me an opinion or facts or whatever it may be and and it changes my mind. I absolutely love it because I'm not one of those hard-headed guys that won't change his mind. I like it. I like to learn new things every single day. But I can't even play that audio from Quentin Tarantino to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Even Sam Jackson said, why would Quentin Tarantino be considered a racist? He's written me so many roles where I am a hero. Now, Django Unchained, yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. 
But guess what? Sam Jackson did not have a problem with that role. So how can it be racist, people? If you can give me a good reason why it's considered racist, then I will change my mind. I really, really will, people. Like I said, I'm a Caucasian, so I've never been in your shoes, so I don't know why that would be. So you can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. One of the other things I wanted to get to, and I go back and forth now, the more and more I learn details on why these two shows have been taken off the air. One of them canceled for good. The other one, they don't know yet. I'm sure it's going to come back, but cops and live PD. I'm just trying to figure out, is it because of the liability of these cops maybe arresting somebody and them getting hurt and dying in custody, which that has happened on one of them? And I'll play the audio here in just a few. But I just don't see it. Cops has been on the air for 33 goddamn years. Nobody has ever had a problem with it. And I've never had a problem with it. But like I said, I'm a Caucasian. So maybe I'm not seeing the big picture here. And I want my mind to be changed. So if you can tell me why it, it could be considered insensitive or racist for them to be able to take it off the air, I want to hear it. Now, with Live PD, I got a little bit of a different view on that. I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm a huge fan of the TV show Live PD with Tom Morris Jr. And think about this, guys. Dan Abrams, who is the bigger name of the three, might be the low man on the totem pole, in my opinion. It's a toss up. I may have to say Sticks might be more popular, but Tom Morris Jr., who is African-American, might be. You know what? He most likely is the most favorite character or host on that show. There's no doubt about it. And if you watch Live PD for any amount of time and they go to Charleston, and I'm not saying just because of that region, South Carolina is still considered the South. And you would not believe the percentage of the police force that's African-American. So why would you want to take that off the air, people? What good does that do? That is a lot of African-American. Well, I mean, you know what? The police, I take that back. I didn't even think about that. I was about to say something really fucking dumb. It's not like if the show gets canceled, the cops are going to lose their jobs. But why wouldn't you want that image on TV is what I'm saying. African-Americans in very powerful positions. Why wouldn't you want that? And I've never seen any problems from the Charleston area. Now, I'm going to get to some audio where this whole live PD uh, controversy might be an issue, and I can see why it would be. But first, I want to get into the news story talking about how Cops, which has been on the air for 33 years, and live PD, which is on a hiatus right now, could or could not be coming back. The George Floyd movement impacting TV, too. After 33 seasons on air, Cops has been canceled and live uh, PD. Excuse me, PD. Is it just me or these news anchors and reporters having a way more difficult time getting their words out? And I know what it is. I can't say for a fact that's what it is, but a lot of these anchors, if you've noticed, are working at home. They're broadcasting. And you're a goddamn liar if you're going to tell me that some of these anchors, when they're in break, aren't going to the kitchen and maybe taking a hit of whiskey or hit of vodka, taking a pull off of a bong or anything like that. I know I would. I know it's irresponsible to do, but if that temptation was around me, that whenever we went to break, I could go pound some beers or some alcohol, which I don't drink anymore, guys. But back in the day, oh, you bet your ass I would have been getting crazy during the breaks. Could be next. 
Paramount pulled cops last month when protests aimed at police first began. But then yesterday, the move was made permanent. Now, is it being canceled because of this mob that's going on called the cancel culture? Why, why is that, guys? Is it because you guys hate cops so much? Or is it that you just want change and you think that private security guards or whatever is going to change anything? It's not, people, because when you give people power, they abuse it. And that's what's happening right now. I do agree things need to be changed. The racism needs to be changed because it does seem like all these videos that you watch are white cops killing African-Americans. I'm not saying that white cops don't kill white kids or black cops don't kill white kids, but this is what you see. This is the perception that America has right now. And guess what? It's true, people. I don't know what needs to be done. It's not my place to say because I've never been treated the way some African-Americans have by police officers. Now, I'm not saying that I've never run into bad cops that were complete assholes to me. Fuck no. I mean, I've run into plenty of those. And what I mean by all the time, do you know how many cops that I've encountered over my broadcasting career doing dumb shit on the streets when I was out covering the Casey Anthony trial for Bubba the Love Sponge? Do you know how many times the lawyers for Casey Anthony, the defense team, tried to get me kicked out of the Orange County courthouse property? It was an every other day experience, guys. And you know what? I knew my rights. And you know those cops, a lot of those people, they were respectful, but they tried to intimidate me and act like I didn't know what I was doing and told me I couldn't do what I was doing. Trust me, I know the rules, people. I know my First Amendment right. And even though I work on a radio station, which is not a credible media outlet, it's not. But I'm still a part of the media. And it's my First Amendment right to be there and cover it. As long as I'm not touching them or physically hurting them, I can ask them any goddamn thing I want to. And by the law, none of those officers should be able to prohibit me from doing that. In true fashion, some people, when you give them power, they try to intimidate you because they think you don't know your rights and you just have to call them on it. Now, can I be honest? If I was black and I pulled that shit, it could have been a different story. It really could have been a complete different story. I don't know if they let me go because, hey, this is that Caucasian guy from the news media. If we hurt him, oh, they're really going to bitch about that. Now, if I would have been a black guy, there's no telling what could have happened to me. So like I said and bring up, I have my opinions on things, but I want it to be changed. I don't want you to think the things that I'm saying is set in stone because it's not. If any of you, I see, this is why I wish I was streaming live and I could take live phone calls because I would love to be able to interact with you guys live so people could call in and change my mind. If you think my opinion is stupid, I want to hear from you guys because like I said, I'm not one of these hard-headed motherfuckers that can't change their mind and they're just set in their ways because that is not me. I'm the furthest thing from that. But if you would like to give your opinion on the things that I'm talking about, and if you think I'm way off base on some of my opinions, I would love to hear from you guys. And I promise if you don't want me to read your email when you email me, I won't read it. I would like to use it on the air, but I would rather have your opinion so my mind could be changed instead of using it for on-air content.
So email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Now, you know what I did find out? And I find this absolutely amazing. Cops, law enforcement, whoever it may be, they do not need licenses, guys. Guess who needs licenses? The bitches that cut your hair. You guys don't see a problem with that? How many people just die of weird incidents while getting a haircut? Not many. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it's far less than being a police officer or anybody in law enforcement. That needs to change immediately. The reality show took viewers on ride-alongs with officers across the country. So moving on now to another show that could face the same fate, Live PD like cops, but this one is in real time, and it's recently come under scrutiny here in Texas, and here is why. Last year, a man named Derek Ambler, a black man, was killed by an officer after a car chase through Austin. I got the full details on that story coming up after this news report gets done. Body cam footage was just released this week. He was tased several times and had a heart condition, which he told police. Now, A&E's show, Live PD, happened to be filming the incident, but it wasn't live and it never aired. And A&E says no one ever asked them for that footage, so when the case was closed, they got rid of the footage. I can't state this as fact, guys. I really can't state it as fact, because I don't want to get sued. It's not like they would get a fucking thing out of me. I don't even own the uh, beat-up 2006 PT Cruiser that I'm broadcasting from, but who needs to know that? I'm just being honest. But what I'm trying to say is, they're saying that Live PD does not have that video footage. That's a fucking lie, people. That I mean, come on. I mean, who are you kidding? I worked in radio all my life, and with the age of digital data, I know that's kind of repetitive, digital data, but what I'm saying is, you don't have to have a big storage space to keep physical tapes anymore. You just don't need it, guys. You don't need it. There's no reason why they would have deleted that piece of video, especially when they knew that it could come back to bite them in the ass. I got to tell you what, it might have been so bad. They were like, the uh, executives were like, hey, that audio or that video and audio, burn it immediately. And after you burn it, I want you to take the ashes Put that in a five ga- or 55-gallon drum of acid. Let that sit for a week. And once that's done in that barrel of acid, I want you to not even open up that barrel of acid. I want you to go to the nearest volcano, and I want you to throw that barrel with the ashes that we burned of that videotape into a volcano. And I think that would basically get rid of any evidence. But I'm not saying it is that bad. But what I'm saying is for Live PD to say that they don't have that video is a fucking lie, people. The show has now been removed from its schedule on A&D, who told The Hollywood Reporter it is still evaluating its future. So the videotape that Live PD mysteriously lost, which I've been working in broadcast media for a while and you keep everything. You just do. You keep it to cover your ass in case you need it. But what I'm saying is this guy, this African-American gentleman that got pulled over because he was scared. And I know a lot of you white people are going to be like, oh, oh, why are you scared? If you're scared, you must be hiding something. No. Do you want to know the reason why this guy was pulled over in the first place? And I think it's complete bullshit. I know it's against the law. But, uh, you know, like, I've told this story before. I got pulled over for one of the most bullshit reasons in the world. 
I was coming home from working at the tanning salon, my wife's tanning salon, and I got pulled over because my right-hand side tag light was out. The left side was working, so you could see most of the plate. Now, I know it's against the law. You give the cop probable cause. They pulled me over that day. I have e-pass. I've had e-pass the whole time because at that time when I got pulled over and got arrested, I was working for my dad's company, which I was the safety inspector at the time. So I did a lot of traveling. So the company I work for had an e-pass in there. That e-pass was not working. Well, guess what? I wasn't getting the alerts saying that my e-pass wasn't working. They were just reading the plate when I was going through and my license got canceled. Can you believe that they took me to jail that night? Now, they had every right to because I do believe driving on a suspended license is a bad thing. I didn't know, people. How can my license be suspended when I have an e-pass monitor in my car? I just did not know. So I went to jail and it sucked. To get pulled over like this African-American gentleman did just because he didn't take his lights from high beams to low beams, and he happened to be going by a cop, the cop turned around and pulled him over. Could this guy have not like fought back? Maybe he would still be alive. I just think that is a bullshit reason to pull somebody over for, especially when you need probable cause. And the more and more research I do, and I don't want you to think I hate cops because I don't. We need them. And there are some good cops. For example, Sheriff Mike Chitwood here in Volusia County, Florida. I think he is in the minority when it comes to cops that want to protect the citizens, everybody, black, white, Asian, Spanish, whoever it may be, he cares about everybody. But you guys need probable cause to pull people over. And I think sometimes cops look for those reasons to pull people over just to stop them. It's, it's the God honest truth. And I don't want you to think I hate cops, but let me get into this audio. I want you to hear it because it is really, really sad. 40-year-old Javier Ambler told police he has congestive heart failure right before he said the same three words George Floyd would later say before his death, pushing a nation to again call for changes in police policy. See, now I know that I'm going to get a lot of heat from this, especially in the culture that we're living in right now. But why do we have to compare every time somebody can't breathe to what George Floyd said? What do you say when you can't breathe? You say, I can't breathe. With the place and the country we live in right now, and I hope this does not happen, but I won't be shocked if it does. I will bet you guys any amount of money somebody will. They'll do, they're going to do it. The phrase, I can't breathe, will be trademarked. It's going to be trademarked, people. And I know a lot of people are going to think that's an insensitive thing to say. And I have no problem if I can't breathe this trademarked and all the money that's earned from it goes to stop police brutality or change the way police officers work. But I have a feeling somebody is going to trademark that phrase, I can't breathe, to make millions off of. Because if you notice, every media source, when they're bringing up these other police stops where police brutality has happened, they compare it to George Floyd. Now, George Floyd can't be the first person to say it because this happened before George Floyd died. So why are you comparing it to what he said to what George Floyd said when this poor bastard died before George Floyd. Shouldn't it be George Floyd copied this guy that died on LIPD? 
I'm just saying, guys, don't get mad at me. Seriously, I love what I do. This happened in Williamson County in March of 2019. A custodial death report from Attorney General Ken Paxson's office states that Ambler was wanted by Wilco deputies for a traffic violation. But Ambler didn't stop. Deputies followed him into Austin, where he crashed off St. John's. The report states that Ambler didn't do what deputies were asking immediately, so two officers tased him. So, once again, covering my ass, I don't want you guys to think I'm saying what these officers did to him was right, because it wasn't. It was not. Now, he did have heart problems. He was obese. And I gotta tell you, from personal experience, I've been hit by those tasers, handheld, and the ones that shoot out the hooks that stick into your skin. And I got to tell you, did I think I was going to die? No. Did it feel like I was going to die? Yes. So I can see where these tasers could be a problem. Uh, and guess what, guys? I'll admit, I would rather take my chances with the taser and that electricity going into my body than what I would by getting some bullets right into my head or chest. Yes, the tasers are safer and you can come back with that. But we need to reevaluate that whole situation as well. Once in custody, Ambler became unresponsive. Resuscitation efforts were unsuccessful, and Ambler later died at the hospital. Travis County DA Margaret Moore announced this case will be heard by a grand jury. This particular case is just another highly offensive, deeply disturbing incident that... And guess what, people? Fuck this bitch that's talking right now. I don't have to cover my ass on this one because she is Whitey. And guess what, Whitey? I can say whatever the fuck I want to you. And guess what? You don't give a fuck about this African-American that died at the hands of these police officers. You want to know what you care about? Your boss coming to you and saying, hey, we got a lot of heat on us right now because of this George Floyd thing. You need to do your fucking job because this bitch, she looks so Caucasian. I'm almost absolutely positive, parody-wise, just jokes, guys. Her ancestors definitely owned slaves. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but yes, this bitch looks and acts like she hasn't cared about what African Americans think about in a very, very long time. That needs to be... I'm, I'm not going to stop until we've explored every aspect of it. And one aspect that's been a roadblock is the Williamson County Sheriff's Office, says Moore. Her office has been struggling to get live PD video footage related to Ambler's death released. Critical evidence. Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio. Total Wireless of Palm Bay has the best cell phone plans with no contract. And better yet, you can use any carrier network. Does your service from one of the big guys not work well for you? Are you paying too much? Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. Or if you're local, stop by and see them at 1851 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay, Florida. Right now, you can get the Samsung Galaxy A10e for just $29.99 when you port your number over with plans starting at just $25. Need a family plan? No problem. We have four $100 unlimited talk, text, and data. Restrictions apply. Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. 
The following portion of Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by... The Charles Manson Family Fun Center. Do you have a family and don't have a clue what to do with them on a Saturday night? Do you know who also had a family and didn't know what to do with them on a Saturday night? Charles Manson. That's who. That's why we created the Charles Manson Family Fun Center. Come see what the compound has to offer with such attractions as the Jeffrey Dahmer Driving Range. Last stop on the Richard Ramirez Rocket Ship Ride. Rehydrate at Ted Bundy's Back Alley Grill. Take a stroll through John... John Wayne Gacy's Wacky House of Mirrors. You can always cool off on the David Berkowitz bumper boats or just chill out in the Menendez Brothers Killer Arcade. It's all up to you at the Charles Manson Family Fun Center. You'll love it to death. Welcome back, guys. I want to thank my good friend and a guy that I think is a broadcasting genius, in my opinion. And I've been where he's at right now. I've been on that low point where you don't think your stuff is appreciated. You get fucked over by all the corporate media people when it comes to radio. But Charlie Alamo, he did that bit for me, the Charles Manson bit that he did for me. And if you want to check him out, he asked me to promote his Facebook page. And I told him I will because... If you like what he does, you're going to want to check out his Facebook page because he puts bits up all the time. Just search CCA Productions Presents. CCA Productions Presents. And I can't wait to get Charlie back on the air. I I really enjoyed him as a co-host. Now, I wanted to bring this up, okay? And and I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to blow anybody in. And I don't even know why I said blow in. It's a friend of mine, but I'm not going to mention any names. But I wanted to share this story with you because I I think this is the type of story that people need to hear right now in this country, especially with everything we're going through in the United States when it comes to the George Lloyd murder, all the protests, the riots, the looters, whatever it may be. I think you guys need to hear this story. I've had this friend of mine that I grew up with very, very close. It was three of us that we all grew up together and we were really, really tight and close. Now, this friend of mine had kids of his own, has a wonderful wife. They already had their kids, but somebody in his family, I'm not even going to go into the details, could not take care of her children. Now, you would look at that as, a burden to take on, but not my friend. My friend saw it as an opportunity to take care of family. And that's what you're supposed to do. In my opinion, I don't have any brothers or sisters. After my parents are gone, all I have is cousins and that's it. And that shit seems lonely as hell. But you know what he did? He took on that extra family members. Yes, he's having to work a little bit harder to pay for the extra kids. And, and that's why I didn't want to say it's a burden because it's not. I think I would do the same thing for family members if they needed the help. But the added twist and the reason why I think this needs to be talked about so it tells people that, yes, things need to be changed in this country. But the kids that my friend took in that are his family, they're biracial. And what I'm saying is that is a burden. I'm not saying it's more of a burden because they're biracial, part African-American, but that is an extra added twist of bringing somebody in, especially when you're Caucasian. But I got to tell you, my buddy is doing an amazing job, man. But I've talked to him. He says nobody's ever said anything to him, but he's mentioned that he gets those looks. 
especially living in the South. Florida is not as bad as like a Georgia or an Alabama or Mississippi. Because I think Florida, once you get further, further south, the less racist it becomes. But when you're in Central Florida, you do get those looks. And it's sad. But you got to understand, that's how people down here have been raised. I'm not making excuses. I'm not. But I talked to him today and I asked him, I said, hey, you know, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But I'm just I just want to get a little bit of insight to know what you're going through, because I knew his situation. I wanted to know, does he talk to his kids about what's going on? I mean, seriously, I mean, you got to have those conversations with your children at even a younger age than when we grew up. And it's a sad fact, but you have to prepare them. And he said, yeah, we've talked to our kids. We tell them how to handle when you encounter a police officer. Know your rights, but don't take it too far where you're going to give them a reason to come after you. You know, he said, listen, you have to take this into account. And I even think about this. And I'm going to start doing that shit, even though I'm white. My buddy said he keeps his registration and license in his uh, sun visor where, you, you know, the little thing you can play here. I'm doing it in my car right now. You can hear that. What I'm saying is he keeps his license and his registration up there so he doesn't have to grab in his pocket for anything or reach into the glove box to get his registration. And you know what? Thinking about it, that is smart as hell. And if you have never heard that, start doing it now. I know it's kind of a pain in the ass and people like to keep their cars clean, but why would you not want to give them any reason to think you're, you know, aggressive or anything like that? It just makes sense, people, especially the age that we're living in right now. My friend did say, you know, it's a little bit of an extra twist because you don't want to take away from their heritage, their ancestors, you know, just the culture that they're expected to be or want to be. And I thought that was kind of goddamn cool, man. For him growing up, we're all Caucasians. We grew up in a predominantly Spanish area. We had black friends, and I know that sounds racist as hell when you say, oh, we have black friends. No, that's not what I'm saying is. We were very multicultural, but we didn't have the same experiences. And for my buddy to say that, that he didn't want to take away from their culture, their heritage, because you would think somebody from the South would try to imprint their children with their ideology. And I didn't even think about that. And I guess that's some of the problems that we're facing that you would not think about that. And I only bring this up. I'm not trying to, you know, prove a point or anything like that. I just think it was a good story because I think we all need good stories in our life right now. Because 2020, I mean, if you're not going to admit it, it's been absolute bullshit. Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh, no, wait. It's the Tuttle Podcast Studio. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. 
whether it's one item or large orders. They can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. The views expressed on the previous Tuttle Rant are not necessarily those of... The People's Second Republic Bank. Remember when you defaulted on that loan, or when you didn't pay your overdraft fees on time? We remember. We remember because we can't forget. So now we're armed with finger breakers and rib crackers to make sure you pay when we say... We're the People's Second Republic Bank. Try fucking with us now. In need of 93 pounds of shrimp and a drama derby gun? They've got it. What about 22 ounces of salmon and a case of goose stripper? They've got it. Or even a couple tuna steaks and a brick and tub scrub? They've got it. They got it because you need it. Cruise on over to Willie B's Seafood Clean, the only wholesale fish market and janitorial supply company in the world. Willie B's Seafood Clean, we be around. And now we continue with your regularly scheduled ranting and raving. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Now, I get a lot of these requests from certain people, and it's a lot of people that want me to have these certain interviews on on with my show. Now, I got to tell you, I'm just not going to put any piece of shit garbage content that people send me. And the only reason I accepted this is because I like this interview. I like his content because his dad sent me some of the songs in. And I got to tell you, now, T. Baked a Lot is on the phone with me. And I, I didn't really give you a great introduction there. But that song, I, and now I, I can't because you got to understand, I'm on bare bones when it comes to my resources. So I record this whole podcast on my phone. But Goddamn is one of your songs, right? That is the one that I like the most. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Uh, it's... Now, I got to tell you, now, I like your other, your your family member sent me three songs, but Goddamn was the one that stuck out the most to me. And I don't know why, but, all right, before we get into that, and we'll get to those songs. Now, where are mm-hmm. you from, T-Baked a lot? I'm from uh, right around Detroit, Michigan. Really? Yes, really? sir. Now. Not, not like the eight-mile Detroit, but really. In really the close. city or the suburbs? Uh, I'm in the suburbs. Yeah. And now let me ask you this. Now, I mean, you saw Eight Mile, correct? I hope you did if you're from fucking Detroit. Yeah, of course. Too, now, too many times to count. <laughs> now, let me ask you was there any accuracy to that movie at all, or was there anything they got wrong for that area? Um, no, it's actually pretty accurate um, from what I would say, um, especially about the, the areas he was at. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't mean to get into, I know we're, we're going to just trust me because I've already had one interview this week go sideways okay. <laughs> with some people. So just trust my interview skills and, and you'll see where I'm going because I don't want another thing to happen like it did before. Uh, but what I want to, with everything going on in our country right now, mm-hmm. a lot of people Crazy. may hear you, but. I'm letting people know because this is an audio format. You are white, you're Caucasian, but you're a hip hop artist as well. Correct. I got to talk to you about this. Have you talked to any of the guys? 
have you talked to any of the guys that you've been dealing with? Like, what's been the feel in the hip-hop community around there with everything that's going on? You know, to be honest, um, with this COVID going on, and uh, it's, it's been three months, man. I haven't played a show in three months. I haven't seen yeah, any of the guys. Yeah, but you ain't talked to any. You ain't talked to any of your boys on a burner phone and shit. I, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what? I mean, what uh, is? I mean, for, all right, before COVID, then, like, talk about police versus that whole community because I think the hip hop community. I'm not trying to stereotype people, but it is from the African-American culture, in my opinion. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that white people can't do it. I'm just saying more people that are into hip-hop are probably, you know, singled out by police more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. Um, I would agree totally. I, uh, around, I don't know, I'm, I'm, as, you, as you know, I'm white, so, so <laughs> people, well, already look, people already look at me like, what, what is this white boy, you know, what, is he, what has he got? What's he doing? So. Um, but it's always been love, man. Ever since the day I started in this uh, with, with everyone, you know, I got a few few people I really know and really really fuck with around here, and uh, yeah. it's, it's been nothing but love, you know. It's you know. All right. Well, how about this? I I feel like I'm making you uncomfortable, so let's no, get into your all. music. So 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 let me let me ask you now. How does and 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 that's the thing about music. It crosses all cultures and goes back and forth. But what made you get into hip hop? Like, for example, did you know somebody? Did one of your friends turn you on to it? Or was there an artist that turned you on to hip hop and was like, man, I got to fucking do this? Uh, going back in time, I've, I've been, uh, uh, I've played in bands my whole life. Um, since, what since kind I of bands? Uh, rock and roll. Um, oh, no shit. Death metal. You know I had what? death metal bands growing up. Yeah, yeah. Everything I'm hearing from you, you, I mean, you and I'm not comparing you to the Beastie Boys, but like <laughs> it's that mixture of rock and hip hop, though. Because and, yeah. I mean, I could be way off basis. You know, hip hop more than I do. But isn't that kind of what the Beastie Boys came up? Because they thought they were hip hop, and then they they took it in a complete different direction Correct. on one of their albums, and it was complete, like just straight up a band play. Right. Even uh, you could even say Kid Rock, you know. He, yeah, Kid Rock too from first, Detroit. First few albums were were straight hip hop, you know, and then. But he, he went he no, went straight yeah. to the right wing Republican bullshit. Yeah, no doubt. And and I don't know, like, how can I ask? I mean, I don't know. Hell, you know what? Give me your honest opinion because if you give me a good soundbite here, I might be able to put it up somewhere, and the news media might pick it up. What sure. went wrong with Kid Rock? Do, does the people from Detroit think, oh, fuck that motherfucker, he sold out? Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people I talk with about him do. They don't like him. He's a sellout. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he voices his opinion, and he doesn't give a fuck what anyone else has to think about it, basically. And that's his right, though. That's his right. And I'm not right. going to judge him for that. But how do you go from coming, coming from a hip-hop, rock and roll background to going and supporting Maybe like one of the worst presidents we've ever had. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with publicity too. Maybe would, would well, you think? It, um, it, well, publicity, yes, because he, back knows, out there, you know? because he knows if he marked out to the Trump, the Trumpster, his supporters are gonna be like, hell yeah, I fuck with Kid Rock. Right, right. And I so think let's even, get to even, your music. 
Let's okay. get to your, let's get to your music, uh, okay? Can I answer your question real yeah. quick? The reason yeah, go I ahead. got go into hip hop. Um, I grew up on everything. My dad played everything around me from Tupac to Metallica, you know. Um, but but the standout album that I first got that made me really want to be a hip hop artist was uh the first Fifty Cent album, Get uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Is that one that had in the club in it and everything? That, is that one? Yep, yep. I gotta tell you now. Now answer me this though, and it maybe it's just me, but why do when you get older, when you look back at music, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem as cool as what you remember when you first heard it, like with movies okay when you watch a movie you're like when you first hear that or watch that movie you're like holy shit that cgi is amazing but then Mm -hmm. 10 years later when you look back on it you're like holy crap that special effects is horrible now in the club when that first came out i know every hip-hop artist even eminem's done it the first the first track off of an album is going to be you know more friendly and more poppy in my opinion that's the way that the the music has gone yeah, but yeah, like that, that in, the, in the club when i first heard that i was like holy shit this is amazing but then later down the road when i heard it, i was like oh man this isn't as good as i fucking remember <laughs> for sure uh unless it's a really really timeless record uh that's true i look I back at a lot you- of the 2000s uh, the early 2000s uh you know, not the Nelly or Ludacris's, but think of like uh, Ride and Dirty. Like that song used to be. Oh, so- yes. Yeah. How will we listen to, man? <laughs> now, know? let me ask you this. Like, like, for example, OK, I've been talking about this. I did a commentary for another radio show here locally, and they give me a topic every week and they gave me East Coast versus West Coast. They wanted me to do a commentary on the beef. OK. Mm hmm. And and the way I looked at it, the first thing when I first started off, do you think a lot of hip hop artists in the early 90s or late 80s looked at the hip hop artists now? And I'm not saying all hip hop artists. I'm talking mm-hmm. like, for example, the example I use, Drake, okay? That fucking song where he talks, I got everything, I got everything. <laughs> you know, do you think back in the day, the hip hop artists talked about you know, real life experiences and shit that they had to deal with when they grew up. They didn't talk about what they have and what you don't have. Oh, Does that make sense or am I way off basis? No, no. The music, the whole, the whole content of the music today has changed. Uh, now you still got some guys out there that, that do tell stories about oh, their Little Wayne. Little Wayne is one of them. I, you know, um, Sorry for the Wait by Little Wayne. Have you ever heard that song? Yeah, yeah, that whole that whole uh, mixtape. That's that's another one of my. Uh, but some of the shit that he fucking talked about on that track, that first one. Sorry for the wait. Like she let me hide my weed in her titties. I mean, what the yeah. fuck? Who the hell comes? Yeah. Up? Like, no rapper's gonna come up with that shit. But yeah, but yeah. back to what I said. I want to get in. I want to get into your your music now. What okay. are some of your experiences that you went through growing up? that you're able to put into your music? Um, I don't know. I don't really use past, uh, past r- stories, I guess. Well, I, then I, give me some of your inspirations. Do, do you try to make a statement with your music? Do you try to make change? Like, what uh, gets you writing? It, it, it all, I kind of, it's hard to say. I, I, got, I try to write about basically whatever's happening in the, in the present with me. 
Um, so like one song, I had a one night stand and I wrote, I wrote a song about it. Um, you know, goddamn, I was, I was drunk and I, and I was listening to all these other rappers around me and they're always talking shit about I'm better than this local rapper and I'm better than this local rapper. And I got sick of hearing it kind of, and it kind of like, I don't know, I know they're not specifically talking about me, but in the end they are, cause I'm one of those local rappers. So it's like, yeah, but are you, uh, let me ask you, are you, how old are you for people that don't know? Uh, 27. Uh, you fucking with hats on at 27, you need to be fucking, you know, protecting yourself because, you know, being from Detroit, I'm just making a call back to fucking eight mile and shit. You know, some bitch was trying to get Eminem caught up on, on a fucking kid and shit. I hope yeah. you're, you know, protecting your interests and stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm always looking at myself first, first and foremost, made that mistake many times not doing that. So now I got, oh, so you do have some kids then. No, no, not kids. Not that mistake. Oh, oh, you said you made that mistake before. I thought, oh man, he's got some. No, no, daddy. <laughs> no, just just the uh, aspect of not uh, making sure my interests come first. Oh, uh, we've all done it though, man. Fuck, I'm 40, man. But I gotta tell you, when I when I was in my 20, you didn't give a damn at the time. You just were wanting to get laid, and you make dumb <laughs> mistakes. But sure. what I'm saying, all right. So back to what I was saying now. Let me ask you, being in the hip hop community, being a white rapper, mm -hmm. I got to I got to ask when you're, you know, do you do any battle rapping at all or no? Or do you just do, you know, your straight music? Uh, no, I, I can. Um, I just haven't been around that scene really yet. I'm kind of I've only been in the scene really like a year now. Seriously. Now, what made you get into it then? I mean, that's what you said. You're 27 now. If you've been in for it, been into it for a year mm -hmm. at 26, what made you want to get into it? Um, I felt like I had the talent enough to make some make some waves. Uh, I've always loved it, always wanted to do it. I guess I just kind of got sick of not doing it, and uh, just just put the you know threw the ball out there and and figured I'd see what would happen. Well, dude, I gotta give you credit for it, man, because you want to know what a lot of people have at the end of their life is regret, and yeah. what I mean by regret is. When you're on your deathbed or you're, you know, some people don't get to be on their deathbed. They just get taken out out of nowhere and they don't see it coming. But, right. you know, I, I'm just using that analogy. You know, you don't want to have any regrets. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, which I think you do have the talent from the music that I've heard. Thank but you. what I'm saying is, is that you're going to regret it if you didn't take that chance because a lot of people don't take that chance because they're afraid mm -hmm. and i gotta give you credit man i i really do and I, i'm not i'm not trying to be sappy or anything with you but but i listen i was always quiet and shy growing up nobody mm -hmm. ever expected me to be in radio is what i'm saying gotcha. and, and and a lot of people were thinking oh you're you're wasting your time but i got better through the years and and 20 years later yeah, I'm doing a podcast right now, but I got to tell you, I got radio jobs lined up and waiting for me. It's just mm -hmm. beca been, been because of this pandemic, you know? So yeah, yeah. I got to give you credit, man. It takes a lot of balls because a lot of people like yourself don't take that next step and take a chance. Right on. Yeah, I figured at the worst, you know, if I don't make anything out of it, at least I have some cool stuff to look back on to. And then when I do yeah. die, my kids and, and grandkids can be like, that was, that was my dad, you know? <laughs> and, and you know what? Who gives a fuck? You know what? You just have to get to that point. Now, I was not always that way. You know, I, when I first started in radio, I cared what people thought. 
Mm-hmm. But if you do it more and more, there you're always going to have haters. No matter well, how good you are. You're not doing anything right rappers. if you don't have haters, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're not doing anything right if you don't have haters. But what I'm saying is that keeps people from taking a chance. And I got to give you credit, man. Even if it does not work out, which I think it will, I don't know how big you'll be, but you're not some lame-ass fucking white boy trying to fucking do fucking hip-hop is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, you you, you definitely, you've shown up correct is what I'm saying, and, and you're not embarrassing yourself because anybody that listens to the music you put out, there's no way they can say that's bad. Thank you, thank you. Now, if yeah. people want to, if people want to check you out, where can they do that? Where, what's the best place? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. I should probably get on that now that you're. Dude, you need it. to, man, because that is the place that most hip hop artists want to be. Because you want to know why they did extend the amount of characters we can use, but you got to be creative on mm-hmm. Twitter because you're only limited on how much you can say. And oh. I think that's the perfect social media platform for hip-hop artists okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get that set up as soon as we get off here now i gotta tell you though i gotta tell you Mm. social media with this whole cancel culture that's going on right now yeah i'm just i i mean does that worry you though can can i can i just and you don't have to answer if you don't want to because i don't want to put you in a hard spot but being caucasian and white are you afraid that they're now in, in the environment we're listening or living in that there's <sighs> some things you can can or cannot say because you're afraid you're going to get some type of backlash? Or do you think the hip hop community won't look at? Um, uh, yeah, that's always that's always even before the times we're in now, that's always something that's been in the back of my head. Um, but not as bad as it is right now, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um. But I don't know. I think uh, the hip hop community stands as one for the most part. I think, I think uh, so. You know, I think as long as I don't say nothing too out of line or nothing too crazy, you know, I think I think I'll be okay. Um, you know, it's just something that I have to get used to. If this is something I want to do, it's something I got to be used to being comfortable doing. So you know. Um, but I mean, but that's why I think Eight Mile that movie was was as a big a success as it was because. Those rap battles, no matter what race, creed, or religion you are, nothing is off limits, in my opinion. Maybe I've never done a rap battle, but I -hmm. think if you step in on the stage and you go one-on-one with somebody, I don't think anything is off limits at that point. Right, right. Yeah, it's like the the court against, you know, like the being on the court against one of your best friends, basically, you know. Once you're on the court, no strings, you know. Anything goes. Anything goes. Uh, all right. So if people want to check you out, and I want to have you on again, okay? Now, yep. um, because I I like your stuff, and I think you can give me a little bit of a perspective right now. Mm-hmm. I really do. So I want to have you on some more. Now, okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Do you ever want to do maybe a a rap song about the Tuttle Daily podcast? You can say whatever the fuck you want to say about me. <laughs> I'll play that shit every day. I'm just giving you a heads up. Okay. So if you want to get a daily continuous plug, just throw it my way, man. I promise you, 
I will hook you up on a daily basis. Yeah, say less, and say less. So, so what I'm saying is, I want to have you on some more because I think it, it's it's a it's a amazing dynamic because mm-hmm. you're Caucasian and white, but you're in the hip hop community and and are accepted from the hip hop community, which is predominantly from the African American culture. And I think right now that's a type of shit that we need in the media because the only thing the media is showing you right now is the stuff to, you know, enrage the other side one way or the other. And I, does it mm-hmm. sound weird? Uh, no, no, they, 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 they show us what they want us to see, what they know is going to cause an uproar, you know? See, because the <clears> thing <throat> is, is that people wouldn't believe they're going to talk about white versus black or minorities versus Caucasian. And what I'm saying is you are proof that both sides can interact with each other without any problems at all. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to see the day where the the media portrays that, you know, no matter how. Well, I don't, listen, I know you're only 27 or in your late 20s, but you'll be better off when you learn that the politicians don't give a fuck about you and the media (laughs) does nothing but lie. And you'll be better off once you realize that. So. All right, before we go, Facebook, how can they find you? Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash tbakedalot. They'll yep. take you to my page. And then Instagram. Everybody, I'm going to give you out the links on my social media, so if you don't get it here, and it's the same thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right, yep, man. Baked a lot. I really appreciate it, man. Yep, yep, you too. Thank you for the time. Thank you for checking out Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and share the show. Subscribe to Tuttle's YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tuttle. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. Follow Tuttle on all forms of social media at Tuttle, T-U-D-D-L-E. And email the show anytime, Tuttle at gmail.com. Additional imaging and bits provided by CCA Productions. Visit facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. This has been Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?